Palestinian ghetto just south of Tel Aviv, in central Jerusalem, an increasingly frenetic hotbed of Jewish religious nationalism, and in Ramallah, the occupied, seemingly prosperous capital of a Palestinian state that may never be. I have interviewed leaders of Israeli political parties and leaders of Palestinian protests, and I have done my best to explore everywhere in between and speak with as many people as I could. The stories that make up this book unfolded all around me, in the cities and towns throughout Israel-Palestine, in the streets outside my rented flats, and inside their walls through the lives of my roommates, friends, and journalistic colleagues. These are the stories of people living under a regime of separation, grappling with the consequences of ethnic division in a land with no defined borders. Readers may not agree with all of my conclusions, but I hope they will carefully consider the facts that appear on these pages. They are, after all, the facts on the ground. Max Blumenthal Part 1. The Campaigns 1. To the Slaughter By the end of 2008, the 1.5 million residents of the Gaza Strip had been left to fend for themselves. Gaza was surrounded on all sides by Israeli sniper towers, electrified fences, concrete walls, and a naval blockade that prevented fishermen from trawling waters more than three kilometers from shore. Weaponized drones hovered overhead night and day, humming an incessant single-note dirge that served as a constant reminder of Israeli control. Heeding Israeli government pledges to push Gaza's economy to the brink of collapse, Army bureaucrats in Tel Aviv developed complex mathematical formulas to regulate the caloric intake of each person trapped inside the coastal strip. Gazans were forbidden from exporting products and prevented from importing cardamom, potato chips, seeds and nuts, cement, fruit preserves, ginger, fishing nets, notebooks, musical instruments, size A4 paper, and toys. It's like an appointment with a dietitian. Dove Weissglass, an Israeli government aide, joked during a meeting of top military and intelligence officials, The Palestinians will get a lot thinner but won't die. With the blockade tightening, a student at the Islamic University of Gaza named Yusuf al-Jamal watched helplessly as his younger sister was denied a permit to leave Gaza for a basic surgery on her gallbladder, denied entry on the grounds that she was a security threat she died days later. During the time of the siege, Al-Jamal wrote in his diary, Gaza was turned into an open-air prison. Walls were built to prevent the shine of the sun. Tanks were on the borders prepared to shell, and soldiers observed the hungry and sick people inside, but still prevented them from getting their food and medicine, much in the same way they prevented them from getting their freedom. For a few hundred Gazan police cadets, December 27, 2008, held the promise of a short relief from the suffocating climate of the siege. That morning in Gaza City, the cadets assembled to celebrate their graduation from Hamas's new police academies. They stood as a symbol of the order that finally presided over Gaza after years of gangland-style corruption and repression by the Fatah-controlled Palestinian Authority, P.A., after winning what the U.S. Congressional Research Service called a free and fair election, then fending off a U.S.-backed Fatah coup attempt, 
Hamas, the Islamist political party, sought to consolidate its control over Gaza, faithfully observing a ceasefire with Israel. In November, Hamas's armed wing, the Al-Qasim Brigades, Al-Quds Brigades from the Palestinian Islamic Jihad, and the Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine, PFLP, fired dozens of rockets at Israeli military bases and towns in the western Negev desert in retaliation for an Israeli army operation that killed six Hamas members in Gaza. The Israeli raid occurred on November 5, violating the ceasefire one day before the U.S. election, when the Western media was almost entirely focused on the outcome of the presidential election. The Hamas rocket attacks caused consternation, but did not kill any Israelis. A brass band assembled as the police cadets prepared to march before their commander.